Welcome back. Welcome back to the North Spring Sessions podcast with DK. I'm Dustin Kennedy. Thank you for joining me. It's late on a Tuesday night. We just got in from a uh, basketball game in Lafayette. Uh, big win for the Blue Devils. Uh, got to bring on my boy Waylon. Five threes tonight. Um, during the broadcast, it gets a little hard. Sometimes everybody says I rag him a little bit for this and that. So on the podcast, I'll make up for it. And, you know, uh, uh, 17 points tonight. They they figured him out in the second half, put a little extra extra attention to him as he was stroking the threes there in the first half. So, big win. Uh, a young team there for Jackson County. They're um, going through, a, you know, we're, we're really had missed some of those seniors that graduated last year, and it's a whole other team in transition. And it's my, my boys last year. So, just trying to trying to take in the basketball season, enjoy it and everything, and uh, try not to get too tra- crazy on that broadcast. You know, there's people who keep asking me, you know, yeah, I can't believe we've never really got into it too much on here. But some of the times that people have gotten upset with me broadcasting, and I'm like, "Man, have you met me? Goodness gracious, you don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't." Like I always joke on here, my wife doesn't know my sense of humor. We just celebrated. And I guess we celebrated uh, 18 years of knowing each other. Because uh, you know, she she put it on their Facebook the other day. I don't know who possessed her. I thought she got. I thought somebody hacked her Facebook when it said. 18 years when I met the boy with those beautiful blue eyes. And I thought, oh, God, hacked. Somebody in Indonesia has got your phone now. But, you know, anyway, 18 years knowing each other. Everybody put happy anniversary. It's not our anniversary. Our anniversary is not until June. So just those boyfriend-girlfriend posts that people put on there. Been married 11, been together 26, two, 26 years. Only married 11. Everybody, everybody spends time putting happy anniversary on it. Just a, we met 18 years ago this month. Um, <clears throat> my man cave is destroyed out here. I came out here last night to watch the Titans game. More on that in a minute. Oh my God! I just, I just, I just ordered another damn card on eBay. My wife is gonna freaking kill me. I've, I get the bidding fever on eBay, and I just be bidding. I just start crazy bidding, and I won. Damn! I just won a card. And I know I'm ADHD right now, and I'll get back to it. But I just won a card that back in 2018, it's a Shaquille O'Neal card that I wanted. I wanted forever. Like, it was the card that I wanted as a child, as a top stadium club beam team, 92, 93, his rookie year. And I bought the card for $55. And it come in the mail, and she got the invoice because she's a, you know, she don't care anything about federal laws and just opens other people's mail. And she goes, you paid fifty. Five dollars for a basketball card. I was like, yeah, but I wanted it like forever, and I didn't get it as a kid. And um, I never pulled it out of a pack. And Miranda wouldn't let me buy a hundred dollar card at a card shop. So hell yeah, I bought it, Lindsay. What of it? And then during when COVID hit, so like all the ticket scalpers and everything you have, um, they didn't have anything to to bet on, or they didn't have tickets to buy because all the sporting events had shut down. So they, they attacked the card market. So the card market went absolutely stupid. So I sold that card that I paid $55 for. And guess who wasn't a bit upset when I sold that thing for $375 on eBay. So I just bought it again. I just bid on it right before, right before. I kind of had hesitated to start the podcast so I could get down to some late night bidding. And so I just paid more than $55 for it. Uh, but a lot less than 375 so the card market has kind of went back down. But what I was going to say is my man cave is 
disgusting right now. I came out here last night to watch the end of the Titans game. Um, tighten up, by, by the way. Good, bad, or indifferent. And so the, the Golden Doodle came with me. And you know, if y'all have listened to this podcast, I'm not a big fan of the little of the um, domesticated indoor dogs. I'm a, I'm a man. I've had I've had scraggly ass dogs and and mutts my entire life. So I'm, I'm a fan of the mutts. And the little golden doodle was outside taking her last pee of the night. So I said, "Hey, come on out here with me. We can we can come out." Of course, a lot of times. If I come out here late at night, like tonight, I'm going back in the house. But a lot of times, I'll just fall asleep out here if it's good, good and toasty or good and cool in the summertime. And um, the damn golden doodle sleeps on the couch with me, and it was just like having Jack or Bayless in the bed with me. That thing tossed and turned, it tossed and turned, and was sleeping on my legs. Let me tell you something: I can't wake up. Like it's the second or third alarm before I get up. What I don't know what this dog did to me last night on this. Well, it didn't do it to me. But I, there was a smell so strong that it woke me up. I thought, what the hell? Is that my breath? I said, golly, is that my breath? Do I have gingivitis that bad? What did I eat before to bed? You know, the, the dentist already put me on Sensodyne because I got gum problems. I'm like, that's old person shit, ain't it, Doc? Like, what? Sensodyne, that's like, to me, it's like, you know, it's like, I thought it was the stuff you ate, you, you, uh, denture cream or something. You know, that's what I think of when I put Sensodyne, in, you know, in my in my thought process. I was like, no, nah, I'm too young for Sensodyne. So anyway, it wasn't my breath. I kept sniffing around. I was like, yeah, I had morning breath, of course, at 3.30 this morning, 4 o'clock. But I was like, what is that smell? It's got off when I started sniffing around. Couldn't, do, couldn't find it. And I finally got up and flipped the light on. And I found it was small. It was so minute. I didn't even study it. I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. So I just I cleaned it up, of course. And uh, I, I told Lindsay on the way home from the ball game, I said, I dread going to the man cave because Tilly, I don't know what it was. She goes, was it discharge? I said, I don't know. I ain't never seen no damn dog discharge. I don't know. Is that what it is? I said, the way it smells, you need to be over here at the Jackson County Health Department. I don't know what it was, but it's disgusting. Let me tell you something. I walked in here and the damn smell would knock you down. The only reason I'm podcasting is because I didn't get one in last week. I got some sponsors to show some love to shortly. So, guys, you have no idea the pain that I'm going through tonight to podcast at 1040 at night. I have sprayed so much Glade Spray Exotic Tropical Blossoms to get the damn dog discharge smell out of my man cave. That little hoe, I don't know where she got that smell at. Goodness gracious, it's terrible, god-awful. Yeah, I can still smell it. I'm fixing to have to give, a, give it a third spray of the exotic tropical blossom uh, up in here because I just, I, I can't hardly take it. It's, it's bad. Um, I, I did mention there, um, as, as I'm going through some pictures and videos, got got quite a bit of stuff to talk about, really, for a slow week. Um, well, slow, I don't have slow weeks, honestly. Um, but let me uh, let me get through here to some sponsors. Um, I, I take too many screenshots of everything, but I, I'd like to welcome a new sponsor on uh, on board this week, and it's uh, Brenda Keith, Don Franklin Chevrolet, Burksville, Kentucky. Um, if you're looking to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, you got to give Brenda a call. She's always happy to help you find the vehicle of your dreams. Um, phone number contacts Brenda Keith. I'm I'm so prepared for this ad. Obviously, 
And Brenda Keith is 931-397-2161. Make sure to holler at her. Tell her that DK from the North Spring Session sent you. Um, Brenda's obviously anybody that follows me on social media or comes to the shows. You know what Brenda does for us. She's she's damn near sponsored almost any event at all times. Uh, great woman. She's living like – I tell her she's going through her midlife crisis right now. That girl's at a show every night. Every time I get mentioned on Facebook, I know it's going to say – this is going to be a good one. It's going to be a great show. And, man, she's just been going, like, everywhere. She's been to the Bird's Nest listening room there in Dunn, North Carolina. My friends Carla and Sean Bass, I'm jealous of the making that trip. She's been to see Ryan, Tim Gooden, and Tony Logue, and Alex, and uh, and Addison. And bought my four, well, she, her, she didn't, but a friend of hers bought my 49 Winchester tickets I couldn't go to. So, so yeah, big thanks to Brenda Keith coming on board and, and – uh, as a sponsor for North Spring Sessions. Appreciate you, Brenda. Um, talk about the Titans game last night. You know, I know we don't always get into a lot of Titans chatter on here, but uh, Titans taking on the Miami Dolphins last night. Titans came in the game 4-8, and eight, Dolphins 9-3, and three, completely opposite spectrums. You've got the Dolphins that were number one in the AFC. You've got some potential MVP candidates with Tua, their quarterback, and also wide receiver Tyreek Hill looking to be the first receiver to ever to go over 2,000 yards. And, you know, the Dolphins have put up 70 in a game this year. The Titans are more on the 17 range. Uh, really nothing to play for the rest of the year. And, you know, it started off uh, bad. Will Levis throws a pick six right on their end of the field. And, you know, for, for Miami, you know, honestly, and you know, the Titans won the game 28-27. to But, really, Miami's offense has been so high-powered all, all season. Of course, they lost Tyree Kill for the majority of the game with an ankle injury early on. But they were gifted, you know, Three of their scoring plays was a pick six. Then later on in the game, when it was thirteen to thirteen, uh, the Titans had a muff point. Uh, I'm sorry, muff punt to where uh, Miami basically just ran it in. And then the next play, inexplicably, uh, Will Levis threw a very high pitch to Derrick Henry, and and they jumped on it, and scored again. So just like that, it was twenty-seven thirteen. So I think most people assumed, well, hey, that's the most Titans thing, you know. Played along the whole time, you know. I I gave my friend Elliot Brown and his wife Megan Layton our tickets last week when they played the Colts, and they hung in there forever. And then the very last play of the game, and they lost in overtime. And I I texted Elliot, and I was like, "You tell Layton that's the most Titan shit ever. They leave you hanging. They think you, you all game long. You think you're in it. Then boom, division rival beat you at the last minute. That's Titans football. So a lot of people were joking, like, you know, this is this is the Titans. They have nothing to play for." They'll go lose to an inferior team or a team on the same level, kind of like the Colts are. They ain't like the Colts are impressing too many people this year either. But then they'll, watch them. On Monday Night Football, they'll go down there and beat the Dolphins. And, you know, historically, uh, the Titans have done that, right? But this one, I was like, I was on FanDuel looking for all the – I was trying to take the points on Miami. I was like, yeah, that's, they were a 13-and-a-half favorite. I was looking for money lines and – and one time I thought about betting like 18. I had no faith in the Titans. I don't. I don't care to admit it. You know, I've. I've. I'm a loyal Titans fan, and like I'm going to go, you know, support any other team. I'm a Titans fan through and through. But I just had no confidence that Miami team wasn't just going to bulldoze them, steamroll them to you know 45 points. Um, luckily, not. And you know, I know a lot of people said, well, if they would have lost, they would have guaranteed themselves a top four. Well, not guaranteed, but they would have moved into like a top five spot. Uh, maybe top four in the draft position. But Will Levis needed that game. Um, as a rookie, uh, he needed that game to, 
you know, build more confidence. Not that I don't think that kid lacks any confidence, but Will Levis is what the Titans have needed for so long. And um, and if you're a Titans fan, you know we need Will Levis because this guy, for the last two years, I lost Ryan Tannehill, Titans, Bengals, playoffs, January 2022, the three interceptions. I, I knew I was never going to be back on the Ryan Tannehill train. Will Levis comes. He has the passion. The, you know the new phrases. He's him. I you know I'm not too I'm too old to be talking like that. He's him or he's you know, all this. They got the dog in him. Everybody's got a dog in him now, right? But like we lived through some stuff. Like Vince Young was supposed to be the dude. And he never was the dude. Jake Locker and I love Jake Locker. You know that, but he never showed that passion. He had a little heart. He I mean he played he played passionately. Yes, he did. He he showed more passion than say the next guy around Marcus Mariota, uh, but. Um, and I love Jake Locker. We know he couldn't stay healthy. He didn't have a good offensive line. Not a lot of talent. More talent than Marcus Mariota had, and like his predecessor, than Mariota. And I don't care what Mariota, Mariota says. Everybody can make jokes about Marcus Mariota now, right? But you you find YouTube Marcus Mariota 2016 highlights. He was out there throwing to some guys who weren't even in the NFL within a year or two. He was you know he was a hell of a quarterback his second year in the league. He broke his leg on Christmas Eve that year, and he's never been the same. And he's never been the same mentally, physically. I mean, you know, I don't know that he had the passion. He didn't show the enthusiasm that a lot of quarterbacks now. Now, Will Levis gets in your face. Will Levis got a lot of that chip on his shoulder where he's like, hey, he should have been a top five draft pick overall. You know, he should have been in the C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson talk. Well, he makes it all the way to the first or the second round where the Titans move up to get him. So now he has that chip on his shoulder to say, "Hey, screw you! I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you guys I should have been in the conversation with those other three quarterbacks." And to see his fire, I mean, this guy has played how many games? I mean, they're they're five and eight, and he's played what, like you know, I don't know, six games or whatever. And he became the first passer, first rookie with over 300 yards in a Monday Night Football game in their rookie year. I mean, ever? I, I couldn't believe that was a stat when I saw it today. So they go down with four minutes and some change to go, and he, he drives them right down the field, and he and he gets a touchdown on a hell of a play to DeAndre Hopkins. They go for two, which the analytics says is the smart thing to do, which I hate analytics. And he gives it to Nick Westbrook-Akine for the two-point conversion. They 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 go a quick three and out, then they get the ball back, hits some hits Hopkins, he hits a Chig, and you know Derrick Henry finishes the playoff and. You know, a lot of people looking for the for that draft position are pissed at the Titans. He's like, man, they can't even tank right. And I get it. I get that. But Will Levis needed that. A lot of those young Titans, Tajay Spears, that young offensive line, some of those guys needed that win down in Miami, a, a team that's, you know, supposed to be Super Bowl bound. and But they looked really uh, pedestrian once Tyreek Hill went out. So you don't know really what they have once Tyreek Hill goes down. But uh, so yeah, it sets it up. The Tennessee Titans go up twenty-eight to twenty-seven. They scored those two of those touchdowns in like two minutes. And then uh, I can't say what happened better than setting up this. It was fourth and two with Tua, an MVP candidate. And then uh, there's nothing better if you can't watch the game live than listening to the voice of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Keith, and just hear the passion uh, in his voice. And so I'm going to play you a couple minutes here, clip here. This is right before the uh, fourth down where the Titans seal the game. This is courtesy of Titans Radio. 
on 104.5. This is Mike Keith with the final call. By the mark he's been given, he does not have it. It's fourth and two, 30 seconds to go. Tonga Vailoa on the ball. Looking, looking, in trouble, trip. Sad! Yes! Oh, hell yes! Oh, my goodness, Harold Landry! That is a Kroger sack for cash. That is a hell yes! $100 to Second Harvest Food Bank from Kroger. Zero hunger, zero waste. It's Kroger's commitment. And the Titans have come up with the most remarkable 434 that I can ever remember. They gave this game away. It was awful. And yet, they didn't quit. They got up off the deck. And Will Levis takes a knee. Mike Vrabel and the resilient Titans beat the team that everyone thought might put up 70 again tonight. They didn't. They put up 27, and it was their defense that did it, and it was not enough. Final score from Hard Rock Stadium. Tennessee 28, Miami 27, as the Titans play on Monday night. And they get it done for Frankie. Again. Yeah. God, if you don't eject me with Mike Keith on the call. I mean, I'm I'm I don't know for my money there's anybody better than Mike Keith that calls the National Football League. And you know, I've been in and out on Coach McGinnis, Dave McGinnis, but I just had a chuckle when he said, That's a big hell, yeah. I mean, he does bring a lot of passion to the broadcast booth as well. Uh but man, Mike Keith's the best. And he mentioned Frankie. Uh, an ode to Frank Wycheck, the greatest tight end in Tennessee Titans history. You know, I didn't know the, this until today. I heard it on 3HL that he uh, he retired with the fourth, fourth most receptions in uh, NFL history for a tight end. That's Frank Wycheck passed away at the age of 52, uh, one of the most important um, members of the Tennessee Titans franchise on the field. But off the field, I think he'd grown – he he just uh, he continued to grow within the Nashville community, doing a lot of things for Special Olympics. Um, a hell of a hell of a love listening to him on side by side with Mike Keith all those years for Titans games. Love listening to him on the wake up zone. That's that's probably my favorite um, incarnation of any. I know a lot of people love the early days of three HL with Blaine uh, Blaine Bishop, Brent Daughtry, and Clay Travis. I was always a big fan of the wake-up zone with Kevin Ingram running the point, basically for Mark Howard and Frank Wycheck because Frank said whatever the hell he wanted to say. Mark, you never knew what kind of mood. Like If Mark was in some grumpy mood where he's going to hang up on a collar and you had the really uh, even kill Kevin Ingram that that ran the show and kept you know, those two really strong personalities grounded. and um, that That's why I think I didn't like Coach McGinnis for so long because I was used to Frank being on the uh, – on the color with with Mike Keith and I, you know just it's a different personality. I was a big fan of Frank Wycheck and hated to hear that he passed away. I know he struggled with CTE from what you always reportedly heard for all these years. You know we met him for years. I mean he was one of the most easily accessible Titans legends. It's one thing the Titans do very well. They they put their alumni out there at charity events and and functions and everything else. And you know Waylon's got pictures with him. I've, I've hung out and had a beer with him at a charity event back about six years ago. And, Frank Wycheck was just cool, man. I heard some really cool stories on the zone where, you know, a guy ran into him at a Metallica concert and Frank was buying him beers and everything else. And 
So, um, you know, he, he, he made some appearances in Cookville. He passed away in his home in Chattanooga over the weekend. Um, he had been in Cookville over the uh, last couple of years. His daughter Madison had become a personal trainer there at Fitness Master um, when they – uh, I, th I think it was Fitness Master already when, when it reopened. And they said Frank popped in there a few times. I, ne I never saw him. but uh, So he just moved back to Chattanooga. Or I think his daughter, daughter had moved. And so anyway, that was a big one, big one for the Titans. And um, you can't help but, you know, it's a big win after one year you, you lose. That's, that's now, you know, the three biggest stars in Titans history in that first re uh, group that came with, you know, Steve getting drafted in 95, Steve McNair, then Frank Wycheck coming over on waivers as a free agent from the Redskins, and Eddie George coming the next year. Those guys that played, I mean, hell, they had to play to empty houses down in Houston. And when they first moved to Tennessee, played in Memphis, played in Vanderbilt, and then, you know, the grand opening of uh, the Coliseum, of course, now Nissan Stadium in 1999, and he was one of the building blocks, Frank Wycheck and um, – Anyway, just just really cool memories of Frank Wycheck, Tennessee Titans, big win last night. It didn't mean anything for their season, but just getting your uh, getting your uh, potential franchise quarterback some much needed confidence. Um, really cool. So it's enough football talk for now. Uh, just uh, nobody wants to win the mediocre AFC South: Jags, Colts, Texans. Nobody wants to win that um, dumpster fire. Um, as we continue. Would like to, before we get any further, uh, go ahead and thank Helen's Restaurant, um, Kristen, Carol. Um, you know they've uh, they've been a podcast sponsor here for a while. They've been uh, North Springs Music Festival sponsor as well, just like Brenda. And so uh, Helen's Restaurant, they've been serving Jackson County since 1987 with the same family management from the start. Carol and Kristen can hook you up with any meal for any number of people. They have their famous Christmas display until now to January today, uh, December 12th. So you got the whole, basically the rest of the month to uh, go check that out. Um, Helen's came to my work the other day, and I just, I, like I told you, we're we're spoiled to have them in Jackson County. It's just a, it was just an extra uh, extra for me just to have them at work and how everybody else can brag about them, how how good their stuff is, and um. Appreciate their sponsorship and their loyalty here to the podcast. So go check them out up at Helen's Restaurant, Highway 56 in Gainesboro. Um, another real cool moment that came, uh, you know, the, still still getting stuff. Um, well, I was gonna, I was going to segue into something else, but that, that can come in just a second. So last Thursday night, the concert of all concerts. If you follow me, you know, uh, obviously Cole Chaney. He's played here. He's played here, and he's played here. Uh, Charles Wesley Godwin, I had the opportunity to book him. You know the story. I brought it up. I've told it in nauseam. Uh, happy for him and everything he's done. Charles Wesley Godwin, in, in the Americana circle, you get two answers. Who's got the best live show right now? Uh, Charles Wesley Godwin or Mike and the Moon Pies? You know, just whatever you like the be you know, better between them. Um, and, man, you know, I knew once it got announced a few months ago that he was going to headline the Mother Church, the Ryman Auditorium. Uh, you know, I, I saw him open for Ward Davis there last year, and I, I just knew it was a matter of time that he was going to have his own show. Well, now I can say with full confidence, not that I didn't know this already because, you know, I'm a 100% backer of Cole Chaney, but um, seeing Cole Chaney open those shows, well, I was there the Thursday night. I didn't get to go see the Friday, but I saw plenty of clips. I mean, Cole Chaney's next. It, it's the natural progression that 
I have no doubt, and I put this on Facebook and Instagram, I have no doubt that the next time that band, that man, step, step on the stage of the rhyme, it's going to be the headline of their own show. So congratulations to, to Cole, his manager, Jesse Schuster, the band, Ella, Jed, Don, John. Um, hell of a job out there. You know, those guys were what, you know, played North Springs. And um, I knew it was coming up. I, I, it, I, I'd been looking forward a little bit to se- actually celebrate a two different anniversary. You know, Tyler Childers is, goes out here and sells these $400 tickets. And it was just six years ago, um, two days ago, I think, two or three days ago, where I was able to catch Tyler Childers at a free show at Grimey's where I was basically right next to him, could have reached out and smacked him. Um, and then later on played the Basement East in Nashville for $12 or something. You know, I think by the time that ticket, by the time that show happened, they, they were trying to scalp him for like 100 You know, but I'd bought it maybe three months in advance on that uh, first album tour there. And, um, and then... Two years ago, yesterday, Cole Chaney played the Roaring River Distillery for the Hunt family and myself for the first time with opening acts, uh, Chris Raines and Billy Mack. Um, so, yeah, it happens quick, and people don't realize how, how quick it happens because even that show with Cole from two years ago from the distillery, it feels like so long ago. I mean, it, it feels like it was – I mean, realistically, yes, I know that it wasn't um, that long ago, but it, it feels a lot longer than two years. So really happy for Cole. Um, a bunch of us went down there Friday night or Thursday night. I didn't get to see the Friday night show. I got some reports back from it, and I, I want to show you a clip right now. I have to get on Facebook, and I don't know how much of this I can actually uh, play or what's le- what's allowed, especially with it just being a Facebook video. But this is from the Friday night, and so what I really like about Charles Wesley Godwin is he came out to support Cole and. Uh, uh, and Cody Jinks is big for this too. If he has an opener, Cody will come out early and play uh, a little bit, like of of the uh, opening acts, best song or whatever. You know, just just to have something to do with them early in the show. Um, so much love to Charles for coming on stage with Cole. This is a video that uh, was posted in the Friends of Cole on uh, Facebook, uh, the Cole Cheney fan group, basically it's from Ryan Hester. It says I know similar have been posted, but I thought I'd share my viewpoint of Cole and CWG such a special moment this is cole cheney and charles wesley godwin had been singing back to kentucky together and this is the final verse um of course you'll, you'll only get the audio but you'll hear the crowd applause cole so he's taken back by it charles being the ultimate hot man in the background really uh, getting the crowd even more fired up and just cole knowing the humble dude he is just has to step back grin at charles charles hopping him up uh take this moment in. really special really cool moment for cole and charles Just cold, just having a step back right here and smile at Charles. Charles raising hell. With 
Man, that was uh, that was so cool. Thank you to Ryan Hester for posting that on Facebook, and and man, it don't get much cooler than that. That was just a special moment. Uh, hell, I want somebody to love. I want somebody to look at me like Charles Wesley Godwin just looked at Cole Chaney. You know, my wife don't even look at me like that for eighteen years of knowing me. Um, no, for real. I mean, that that get kid. I mean, you know, there's there's not a bigger fan of Cole Chaney. Nobody believes in Cole Chaney as much as I. I mean, I just I'll beat that drum and. Um, Proud of his, proud of everything. That this is what I've seen out of, out of him the last two years, and uh, and Charles, man, goodness gracious, the passion and energy that guy shows on stage, it was unreal. And I'll, I'm going to play a couple seconds here in just a second, just the crowd reaction of a few of his songs, and uh, you know, I, re I recorded quite a bit of his stuff. Cole did 30 minutes, and you know, I'm, I guess I'm still sleeping on White Flores. I, I kind of walked upstairs. In between, um, I'd seen Cole at the merch table when we first walked up. The line was wrapped around, and I, and I knew he was, you know, um, going to have to get out there because I was like, there's no way we can walk through this line and he'll be up there. You know, it'd be time for him to play. Um, and really didn't expect him to be back up there. Just kind of happened to be going to the bathroom and getting a refill. And Jesse yelled at me. Or Jesse was right there. I didn't even see him to start with. And, uh, big shout-out to Jesse. He's always treated me so good as far as, all the negotiations with Cole and everything else. And so Jesse's Jesse's a cool guy. And so he yelled at me and talked to him for a second. I said, let's go up and talk to Cole. And let me tell you something. This, and I put this on Facebook and Instagram, or at least Facebook. I'm not sure I put it on Instagram. Um, so I, I go up and talk to him, and we're, and we're chatting. And I was like, hey, man, so how awesome was that, Cole? And of course, you know, obviously, obviously just played the Ryman Auditorium. So j just to kind of put it in perspective what what of – how great this kid is, and I say kid because he's, to me, you know, he's so much younger, but he's far wiser beyond his years. But he goes, "Hey man, what about your, uh, what about your kid meeting Randy Orton? That was kind of cool, huh? You know." And uh, just obviously, y'all know what I'm talking about. The, the podcast we've, um, I guess he saw my Instagram post where everything where he's like, "So that was that was really cool that Randy come up and signed your action, you know, signed uh, your kid's action figure and and all that stuff." And so. Uh, we, we, you know, obviously that's just where the conversation went. So we bullshitted a minute for about um, how, you know, ended up with those seats. And, of course, I, I know Cole had seen the post, so he knew what I was talking about when I said people had said that Bayless was a Make-A-Wish kid and that we knew people and all that stuff, and we laughed. And he said, you know, I was always a John Cena fan. That's when it hit me, like, man, the age difference between Cole and myself because, 
you know, John Cena. I was I was a full blown adult by the time John Cena <laughs> debuted. So um, the age difference. I'm like I'm a Shawn Michaels guy from the Rockers. That's how old I am. You know, I mean I was born when Hulkamania was born. That puts in perspective. You know, and so we we talked about Randy Orton and John Cena for a minute and. It, it just dawned on me, you know, and I talked to him about some music stuff. But as I walked off and I went back to, you know, me and Lindsay went back and sat down. And I said, I said, think about that, Lindsay. I was like, this guy just played the friggin' Ryman Auditorium. Like, what could be his career, you know, uh, peak so far, you know. And uh, I said, of course, you know, he, I know he's on a high from it. But he take the, took the time, you know, just, just to, it's like, hey, you know, what about your kid? That was really cool that your kid met Randy Orton. You were all over live television on Monday Night Raw. I mean, just just shows how humble he is. I mean, you know, the moment was his. It was it was a night for him and Charles and Wyatt, and so he just talked about John Cena and Randy Orton. Like it was, you know, like nothing just happened. So I just think a lot of that of that dude. I think a lot of his management team. The band's badass, but Charles was a god one. Uh, goodness gracious, just to me, just put you know, he he just keeps getting better and better. And I'll, you know, we always joke, and Addison's like, "You gotta let it go." But I'm like, "Dude, could have had that freaking guy at North Springs, and I didn't even know the difference." I was booking, like, I didn't know back then. The second year, I'm just still trying to feel, figure things out. I didn't know the difference between my my mom and my dad in year two, basically. And just knowing I could have had that guy, yeah, I screwed up. But luckily, like I said, we've had Cole for two years. So that that makes up for some of it, and have some of these other pretty awesome bands early on, Tim Gooden and um, them Dirty Roses. So. Uh, but yeah, just gonna take a second here to play a clip and just how much that the crowd was hot for uh, Charles Wesley Godwin as well. You know, I, I love that he came out to Snake Farm, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Um, I love that he does the Chris Knight version of Jealous Kind. I'm just the biggest Chris Knight fan, also too, just the, from the songwriting perspective and just you know the, some of the legendary songs he's had in the Americana scene. But just uh, but I love Charles's new record and you know the. Uh, Minor Imperfections, one of my favorite songs. But uh, just check out this crowd reaction as, as he takes a break here. And this is uh, just just everything he'd give to this crowd and what they were giving him back right here. Damn that boy good, as I used to say in the old Eddie Murphy movies. You get a little background vocals there uh, from Brittany Daly sitting behind me and Lindsay. And, uh, that dude's just, that just, dude, it, it dude's just another level. 
So anyway, congratulations, Cole, the band, Jesse, Charles, uh, everybody that was uh, had a hell of a weekend right there at the uh, Ryman Auditorium, one of the most magical places in the world. Um, yeah, it was just really, just really cool. And uh, shout out to my wife. I will give her credit. As much, much shit as I give her on this show or everything else, I had had the whole show about how loud she was. But uh, man, I tell you what, women are just built different, and they were they were made. And we, we always joke, yeah, women can handle pregnancies and and C sections and everything else, but man, a man can't handle the common cold. And that's not that's not not true, uh, for damn sure. That is not not true. And so. Um, Sunday, this is dating back to last weekend, um, Sunday, Bayless got sick. Jack started puking Monday morning. Monday night, we got home, me and Lindsay, we were all sitting there, and, um, Jack puked on our bed, so we stripped the bed. Then he puked on the couch. I was like, all right, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm running out of places to sleep, man. It's too cold to go out to the man cave. And then, like, he kept puking, and Bayless was like, Daddy, you want to go out to the man cave? And I said, let's go. <laughs> so, me and Bayless... Uh, tuck tail and come out to the man cave and slept and uh, with the dogs with no discharge that night no discharge from the dogs on that particular night oh thank god and then um so i get it tuesday and wednesday um not too bad but i could feel it like on tuesday i was pretty weak and uh everything i kept telling Lindsay, i was like you're gonna get it i was like you you walk around like you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof you don't spray no lysol and that's why we all end up getting it Cause you hide the loss. You're like, watch this. So we're all just gonna, we're all just gonna endear this together. And uh, she's like, I'm gonna be fine. I near, I nor, I normally don't get sick. And I said, No. Here's what's gonna happen. I have not looked forward to a concert more than Cole and Charles at the Ryman, and just about anything all year, including the own shows that I've hosted all year, right? And I said, You're gonna wake up Thursday morning and be sicker than a damn dog. And she goes, No, I'll be fine. Well. I, Lo and behold, I get up at 4.30, 5 o'clock last Thursday morning, day of the show, and she goes, I have puked all night long. I said, great, because I'm already calling Clint Fraley. And, uh, you know, Clint's, Clint's reaction the first time, because me and Clint had talked about going this, because Lindsay just, a lot of times she won't go if it's through the week. And, Clint, and so after, you know, Jack has been obsessed, my four-year-old has been obsessed with Charles Wesley God, and when I take him to the babysitter, we listen to Family Ties, Country Roads and Q Country Roads on repeat. And most of the time it's just Country Roads take me home about 30 times. Then finally I've got him talked into, and then I've got video, cute videos. him going, strike me down, you know. So so I think Lindsay just in, learned Charles through our four-year-old. Um, so she's like, I wouldn't mind going to that. So I called Clint. I was like, hey, homie, hate to do it this way. But Lindsay's acting like she wants to go here in, you know, a couple months when we go. So you might just want to be looking for you and Brandy. Ah, oh, how dare they? We're supposed to have a date, and you're going to put me off to the side for your baby mama and wife. What a selfish move. <laughs> and uh, so Clint ended up coming. Typical Clint. You know, the show's at se doors open at 7. Clint leaves Union Hill about 5.45, made a decision. Game time. He's the ultimate game time decision. So he comes down, but now – I had told him, I was like, hey, dude, you know, I don't know where she's at. I can just, I, I can see her waiting and be like, nah, I just can't go. Man, 
I worked, I put in a half a day vacation for Thursday and all day Friday. I ended up working over a half a day, you know, because she couldn't get off work until a certain time. So, so there's no sense in me taking off. So I worked, uh, well, you know, well after lunch there for a little bit. And I was like, all right, Lindsay's getting down to the nitty gritty. Like I needed to go, I need to know whether I'm coming home or what. And she goes, I'm going to try to come. She's like, I'm just not going to drink any beer. I said, all right, man, I'm going to tell you something. This girl met me at Baxter. Right before one o'clock, just like we talked about. And I was like, Are you gonna be all right? She goes, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like shit, but I'm gonna I'm going and you know, I'm looking forward to it. We've been talking about this and well, I'm trying to handle some work calls also for my next shift. Um, so I'm calling people on our second shift, getting a game plan lined up and doing this and that and she's like, Are you done? I was like, I got one more person to call. She goes, well, I could take a nap if you'd quit talking, you know, motor mouth. And then I finally, I made about four calls um, for the concert and for work. And then she's like, good, I can sleep and I can feel like something, you know. Well, then I turned it on Sports Talk Radio, 104.5, blasting the Titans talk. And she's like, you ain't shut the hell up for 45 minutes. Now you put on Sports Talk, <laughs> you know. And I just couldn't believe it, man. She's sitting over there like belly aching around. And I'm like, girl. I'm so proud of you. I said, because if that would be me or any other man, I would have three blankets on, a damn hoodie, uh, begging people for a bowl of soup. Like, I wouldn't have left home. Uh, so I'm glad it was me that got it on Tuesday and her got it on Thursday because she, she toughed it out. And by the time we got down to her hotel, we went uh, Dalton and Caroline, she was like, all right, I'm just give me a minute. So I went on to, and met them, and she she got ready at the hotel and come down and met us. And, man, she – she lasted for a while. She uh, ended up, Charles just played his ass off, and she was like, okay, like I want to hear Country Roads, but I've got to get up in the morning. You know, i got to go back. So uh, she ended up going back, which pissed me off because I knew she was. She's like, I, I was like, you're not walking back to the hotel by yourself because we got mugged during COVID, and I've been going to Nashville my whole life, and these brothers jumped us and like made me like pull out a flower and, and was like, buy the flower. I was like, no, nah, I'm good, homie. He's like, buy the damn flower. <laughs> so, um, first time ever, they come out behind dumpsters and and come up to me and her, and that's the only time I felt like a real like like helpless in my life. Like I was like, no, I'm I'm gonna get murdered during COVID. The streets of Nashville are bare. I'm gonna die like Bruce Wayne's parents on Batman. We're gonna have three orphans. It's gonna grow up to be, you know, superheroes because mom and daddy got mugged on Third Avenue behind Kid Rocks after leaving Roos Chris. Bought a hundred dollar steak, drank two beers at Bud Light uh, at Kid Rocks, and was getting mugged behind a damn dumpster. That was a real true story. True story. But luckily, I gave them a couple dollars, and they followed us, and they 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 left us behind. And it was that scary. Oh man, I don't I no no lies to tell. So um, yeah. Uh, I was like, you're not walking back by yourself. And she's like, I, I, okay, I'm just going to the bathroom. Well, that little hook, hooker. She ended up going back to the hotel by herself. So luckily she didn't get mugged. or That had been bad. <laughs> um, so there was several things. I'm the king of screenshots. And I was going to talk about some things. And so many, but it's late. Like It's late, late. I am going to cover one thing real quick. And that is a... Uh, the screenshot was from Whiskey Riff, and it says um, the worst songs of 2023. Now, normally I don't want to concentrate on the negativity, 
uh, of these articles, but I've, I've never really looked at these lists, so I just kind of screenshot it, and I looked it up, and I'm going to give you the article, and this was from uh, this was from today, actually, the five worst country, in quotation marks, songs of 2023, and the Whiskey Riff, they kind of ride the fence. They, they do, I mean, they had an article about Charles and Coles back to Kentucky, so... It says we're not here to talk about that. Let's let's have some fun and talk about some of the worst songs of 2023. Luckily, country music's in a much better place than it was a few years ago. Um, the first edition of this award back in 2017 featured hits like and it has hits in quotations. God, your mama and me from Florida Georgia Line and the uh, Backstreet Boys, as well as the uh, downright strange "Take a Knee My Ass." From 90s country legend Neil McCoy. I don't remember that song, and I won't, I'm won't. i not going to look these up because we'll concentrate on the five from this year. Um, Florida Georgia Line actually made two appearances on the 2018 list. So they're like the, you know, Johnny Cash. This is like the Johnny Cash Award or Waylon Jones. Like they're the top dog of this genre of worst country music songs of the year. Um, 2018, both simple. I don't, I don't remember that song. And an obnoxiously overplayed collaboration um, meant to be yeah, uh, remember when she said she paved the way for other artists to jump into country music. Okay, BB. Um, but that wasn't even the worst of the year. That title went to former Backstreet Boy A.J. Uh, McLean's god-awful foray into country music with Back Porch Bottle Service. Okay, I have no recollection of that song whatsoever. 2019 saw Florida Georgia Line. Man, they are really the greatest of all time when it comes to terrible country music. Uh, three straight years, the Abomination Swerve. Uh, again, no recollection of that song. They were joined by Fired It Up by Brantley Gilbert. Uh, don't remember that one. Um, the real story of 2019 was Zach Brown Band just going completely off the rails and whatever the hell God-given was. I wish it wasn't damn near midnight. I would I would read these. Uh, 2019, uh, there was plenty mute or. There was plenty that was crappy about 2020, not just the country music, so plenty to pick from our 2020 list. You know that Florida Georgia Line had to make a fourth straight appearance with their terrible single, I Love My Country and Long Live. <coughs> Excuse me. And they were joined by two newcomers on the list with Kane Brown's Cool Again and Dustin Lynch's Mama's House. Man, I just don't listen to country radio enough to the titles. Now, I'm sure as much as like a, I do pass by on country radio just in the vehicle that – if I heard these songs, like the, the hook or the beat or something, I would recognize. But just by titles, I, I don't recognize any of these. For 2021, well, you can probably already guess, the fifth straight year there was an appearance from Florida Georgia Line. All these big hits, you just it's, a, it's crazy that they broke up. Uh, there may have been trouble with Paradise with the Duo. They still managed to drop the ear-splitting new truck. Kane Brown also made the second straight appearance with one Mississippi. Ugh. And there was the most... WTF moment of the year were were the country girls at by the head scratching trio of Luke Bryan, Trace Atkins, and Pitbull. Well, I didn't have that on my bingo. I don't remember that. I have no no memory of where the country girls at by Luke Bryan, Trace Atkins, and you know country's cornbread Pitbull. Uh, finally, twenty twenty two Rolex on a redneck by Brantley Gilbert and Jason Aldean took the top spot. But Dustin Lynch made a strong case for the worst song with Party Mode and Walker Hayes followed up with Fancy Like. The absolutely ridiculous y'all life to round out the top three worst songs of the year. Let me tell you something. I would, I would, I would volunteer. This is about to be some real shit right here. I would volunteer to be. I would sell merch on a Florida Georgia Line reunion tour before I 
ever have to listen to Fancy Like or Y'all Life ever, ever again. Because let me tell you something. Fancy Like is one of the worst country songs I've ever heard. At least, like, Cruz was halfway catchy when it first came out. Um, but then one night we were driving to a basketball game last year, and I was like, oh, what is this song? This is terrible. This is terrible. Then when we got service, I Googled the lyrics, and it was Y'all Life by Walker Hayes. And I thought, oh, God, that's actually worse than Fancy Like. Let me read you the lyrics to Y'all Life last year, the 2022 worst song of the year. Small town, y'all town, double dutch in the park, ice cream truck following the emissions test hard, got that blow-up Grinch in the yard, and it's March. Ain't coming down anytime soon, y'all. Them nursing homes stir rattling with the Dolly Parton. Them high school kids traveling like James Harden. And then white limousines to the Olive Garden. On prom night, it's good on prom night, it's good times, right? We be living that y'all life, y'all. Rolling in the south where it's football and Jesus. Jesus, barbershop talking like nah. Shut your mouth, my mama's sweet tea, the sweetest. Turn that bass up, shoddy. Show them how, y'all, we raise up and y'all. We doing down, down, baby. Your street and my Bronco. I'm talking, yeah, real slow. Sad, said, where's the crawdad's crawl? Said, living that y'all life, y'all. Y'all life, y'all. Y'all them dads tell them boys, son, walk it off. Y'all them mamas tell them girls better keep your legs crossed. All them hands in the stands praying for the coin toss. Lord, please, we want the ball at the half. Said, y'all, it's all about a dub and a dirt road and amen in a church on the third row with your arm with your girl like a fur coat on a Sunday come Monday. We be living that y'all life. You guessed it, y'all. Rolling in the south where it's football and Jesus barbershop talking like nah. Shut your mouth, my mama's sweet tea, the sweetest. Turn that bass up, shorty. Shorty, show them how, y'all. We raise up in y'all. We going down, down, baby. You'll street in my Bronco. I'm talking y'all real slow. Said we're the crawdads crawl. Said living y'all's life, y'all, y'all life, y'all, y'all life, y'all life. Oh, 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 y'all life, y'all life. Said y'all, I got that wiffle ball back flip swing in my walk down in my Bama where they grammar got some country in it, y'all. Nana pudding prayer change tailgate in them jeans. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing, nah. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. We be living that y'all life, y'all life. Holy hell. That's real life, y'all, said y'all, y'all life, y'all life. Songwriters, Cornell Haynes, Jason, Jason Epperson, Sierra Princess Harris, Theron McKeel Thomas, Josh Jenkins, Peter Christian Good, Charles E. Hayes. Well, thank you for your contrib contributions to the worst absolute country song I have ever heard. It pains me that you get royalties off that. I, I can't believe I got dumber. I'm not a very smart person. Um, I've killed brain cells. I only had a 21 of my ACT 23 years ago. Um, I'm, I'm not very articulate, but I just read those lyrics, and I can't believe it's real life. It's y'all life, y'all. Y'all, 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 y'all. Good Lord. Now, which brings us to Whiskey Riff. This is all Whiskey Riff. This is all their opinions all day, every day. I'd like to thank them for this article that we get to read. Um, I'd like to go on and quote. It says, it's been a... 
Pretty good year for country music. We've had some incredible new artists burst on the scene. Some powerhouses continue to drop heat. Of course, Zach Bryan continue to release new music pretty much every other day. But enough about the good. That's another article. Let's talk about the bad because there was plenty of bad too. Now, I have not, to the best of my knowledge, listened to any of these songs whatsoever. Um, so I'm going to play a snippet of each one of these top five songs. Um, number five is Stars Like Confetti with I've Got More Teeth Than You, Dustin Lynch. Now, given Dustin Lynch has hung out here uh, on Del Hollow Lake, he's partied with the legendary goat. He's he's friends with some guys I know in Tompkinsville. Probably by all accounts, you can go on the lake and have a hell of a time with Dustin Lynch. My father-in-law called Lindsay one day and said, you never guess who I ate the dairy burger with. <laughs> Dustin Lynch. He said, no, I didn't know who Dustin Lynch was, but I uh, he was at the dairy burger just now. So do, 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 can you go drink a damn 12-pack of beer with Dustin Lynch have a great time? Probably. Um, I don't know much about his music career, though. This song, Stars Like Confetti, is the number five-ranked worst song of 2023. It says the title alone was enough to earn this song a spot on the list as Dustin Lynch continues to prove that, aside from his debut hit Cowboys and Angels, he's determined to cling on to the dying corpse of bro country. Riding down a dirt road, check. Beer, check. Your girl by your side. Of course, check. Song has all the elements for a hit in 2014. Uh, luckily, most of the country music has moved on to bigger, better things. So let's get us a snippet here of uh, Stars Like Confetti, Dustin Lynch. I still recall the taste We were a few beers shy of freedom I have my hands around your waist You said, babe, I'm getting cold Well, he mentioned a Chevy, so there you go That's probably the first time I've ever heard the word Chevy in a country song um, Number four I don't know, Dustin Lynch is pr pretty much irrelevant I mean, it's just He's not the worst, so I'm not going to sit here and hate on Dustin Lynch. Um, that song does not, is not good. I don't know if it's the top I don't know if it's the five worst of the year, but uh, it's not on my playlist. Number 40, no, number 40, number four, Giddy Up by Shania Twain. Now, I know we're not about to hit on the Sh Shania Twain, like one of the legendary Shania Twain. A lot of people said, though, her concert's really weird this year. If you went and seen her, it was a whole different, like you went to see Shania and it was like a whole other person. Um, Oceania, the 90s country legend, has cemented herself as the queen of pop country with class like, man, I feel like a woman, any man of mine. It seems like these days she's trying a little too hard to recreate the magic for earlier hits, and it's just not working. Um, Exhibit A is her song, Giddy Up. Up in your giddy, up, giddy, giddy up. Up in your giddy up. Drunk in the city, got a lady in the cup. Up in your giddy up. When it gets tough, got to get a little love. Put some up in your giddy up, giddy up. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, we don't want to... Don't reinvent yourself now. I mean, just go out there and sing your hits. Uh, but let's, let's, let's give Giddy up a little love right here. Oh, oh, oh. I left my heart out of water in a hole somewhere in small town Ohio. Headed out west to Arizona because the east coast when there's new cool, cool, cool. Easy come. Alright, 
cleavage notwithstanding on the promo picture here for the song on Apple iTunes. That's atrocious. That's hideous. That's God forsaken. Good Lord, giddy up, giddy up, up in my Dixie cup. Jesus Christ, get out of here. All right, number three, Boys Back Home, Dylan Marlowe. Don't know the difference between Dylan Marlowe and Cameron Marlowe, but they're featured with Dylan Scott, who is the TikTok dancer, I think. It's like really big muscles, but he likes to dance and, you know. Okay. Uh, clap tracks, dirt road beers, trucks circled up around a bonfire. Was there any way this song didn't make the list? It's straight out of 2015, the worst possible way. It sounds like a dollar store version of Florida Georgia Line's Cruise. It's completely unoriginal. It says absolutely nothing interesting. Just a bunch of cliches I thought we left in 2015. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here's to the boys back home drinking dirt road beers on a Friday night. Yeah, I'm wishing I was with y'all singing them old songs. Trucks circled up around a farm fire. Well... How did this one ever make it out of the studio? Are you not embarrassed? Well, let's just see about it. Boys back home. Yeah, here's to the boys back home Drinking Duro beers on a Friday night Yeah, I'm wishing I was with y'all Singing them old songs Truck circled up around a farm fire Let's go! All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's hit that one more time. Here's to the boys back home Drinking them dirt roads on a Friday night Wishing I was with y'all Sick of them old songs Trucks stuck around Shut the hell up God lord I'd put him up for adoption If I was his mom Stop singing the same damn song That is the same song That's the same song Everybody that's sitting in the Starbucks And wrote that song with eight other nerds Stop writing the same damn song Nashville I am embarrassed Speaking of embarrassed, the guy who doesn't get nowhere near enough hate when it comes to terrible pop country music is that Ninja Turtle-looking Kane Brown. I can feel it. I feel like Kane Owens feel. It says, I feel like Kane owes Phil Collins an apology with this one. Running such a dark classic song by turning into a pop dance track about how you feel when her body starts to dance and wanting to take her home. Obviously calling this one country is a bit of a stretch, but... Apparently, adding banjo is all it takes these days to be considered country by mainstream radio. Um, again, don't know that I've ever heard this. Let's click on it. I Can Feel It by Kane Brown. Who might be the worst of all the pop country? It's a nice outfit he's got on. A little A-tank here. Um, I just, least favorite. I can see you by the bar, oh. skinny margarita with a broken heart. So I slid over like a steel guitar. We started talking till I talked oh, to the dance, wanna dance with me. Next thing I know, I started to think that we might be on to something. You're putting on a look at me, then words you're whispering in my ear, girl. Imagine dating a girl that likes Kane Brown. Mary, imagine, imagine marrying a girl who likes Kane Brown. Can you imagine? Having to go sit through that? I'd have to start drinking the day before and take ecstasy to even halfway try to enjoy it. He's the worst. I've, I've never disliked a country music artist more than Kane Brown. Never. I, I, I don't know if a, I can't think of any, uh, I can't think of a 15 second stretch of one Kane Brown song that I think is anything but atrocious. You suck. Terrible. Let's go to the number one list on the song. Dancing in the country, Tyler Hubbard. That's right. Your five-time, 2017, 2018, 2019, Five years in a row, the Florida Georgia Line boys were on the list. Then when they finally go, go get divorced, oh, Tyler Hubbard, he's going to stick around. This song was technically released at the end of 22, but it really started to chart in 2023. So you people, you people have failed. 
you people who support mainstream pop country, they were done. Nobody had to support Florida Georgia Line. But Tyler Hubbard, like herpes, he just stuck around with you. One half of FGL Line, or FGL, Tyler Hubbard gave us some of the worst music of the 2010s, and he apparently had no intention of stopping. Now the duo has gone their separate ways. The pop disco sounding song follows the same floor that made FGL such a laughing stock of the time. This is my first time reading the lyrics. Let's see what, let's see what Chris Christopherson level of uh, classic he just give us right here. I'll take you dancing in the country, Levi's in them low beams, spin you in some red dirt, sweep you off of both feet out here with the sunsets, Silverado backseat. Did anybody ever drive a Dodge Ram? How about a Tundra? Tundra gets no love in country radio. It's just all about the Silverados. You'll never want to go home, and you'll never not be dancing in the country. How is it 2023 and we're still making songs about dancing in the headlights down a dirt road? At this point, it's just lazy and formulaic bullshit. And I agree with Whiskey Riff on that. Now, listen, I've rode around in some Silverados. I've had about four of them. Still to this day, from age 16 to 39, I've never danced in the... I, I, I've never danced in the headlights down a dirt road. And I've I've driven from North Springs to Clark Holler, down Ward's Fork, up Skaggs Branch, down Hunting Creek, back up Riley Creek, down to uh, Brimstone, Pine Lick, Crabtree Creek. I've rode all the creeks. I've been on all the back roads. I've never danced in the headlight to a stupid pop country song, but lo and behold, according to Whiskey Riff, the absolute worst, bottom of the barrel, trash bag, low life, pop country song of 2023, dancing in the country, let's hear it, Tyler Hubbard, contributing bad music for well over a decade, I hate his face, arguably the most punchable face, no, that's it. That's all I needed here. How about fast forward? Jackson got you around my neck. You making me wanna stay. You make him and I want him and Kane Brown. I want them. I want them in elimination chamber. I want them in the hell in the cell. I want them in the three stages of hell. I want them in a in a barbed wire baseball match. I I, I just want them. I want loser leaves country music. I want it. That should have been Vince McMahon's last stand before he stole WWE. Is those two jack offs, and the loser never sings pop country again. Mm, terrible, 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 god awful. Thank you for Whiskey Riff for that. And uh, god, that was just awful. And I'm sorry for you guys that had to put up, listen, listen to that with me. Uh, that was hideous. Once again, I'd like to thank my new sponsor, Brenda Keith, Don Franklin, Chevrolet, and Burstville, Kentucky. If you're looking to buy a new or pre-owned, give Brenda a call. She's always glad to help you find the vehicle of your dreams. Thank you for her sponsorship. And as always, like I said before, thank you to Helen's Restaurant. They've been serving Jackson County since 1987 with the same family management from the start. Carol and Kristen can hook you up with any meal for any number of people. They have their famous Christmas display up until now, until January. So thank Helen's Restaurant. Don Franklin, Chevrolet with my girl Brenda Keith, both of them for their sponsorships so here at the North Springs Sessions Podcast. If you'd like to be a sponsor, hit me up. Let's work on that. And uh, one week from Thursday, which is in nine days, the Jason Eady concert with Justin Wells, Addison Johnson. I turn 40 the next day. It's going to be a hell of a time. And um, other than that, 
give me some ideas. I know you guys are listening. I see the downloads, and I thank you guys, each and every one of y'all, for listening, downloading, and telling your friends about it. You know, I don't think this thing has really caught fire as much since the one lane road. I think people are still adjusting to me and Lucas and our time together, and this thing's a little different, and it's taking a little a little slower time to getting off track, but uh, or getting off the track, and um. I'd like to start having the interaction we used to have with OLR. So if you want to hear something in, in particular, um, let me know. And let's uh, let's go from here. But it's late. i got to work tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in to the one. Uh, whoop, there it is. I told you it's late. Uh, started talking about those old lovers, boy, and they're coming back. And I uh, started saying those names. Listening. Thank you for listening to the North Spring Sessions podcast. And I will talk to you guys next week.